Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. We're going to start a new series called The Way of the Shepherd. And uh, for the next five weeks today and then four more, uh, we're going to be walking through uh, Psalm 23 and John 10 specifically, uh, looking at uh, the Good Shepherd, uh, that prophecy that David gave, and then the fulfillment that Jesus is. Um, and so the, the, the big idea for the whole series that we're walking through, and, and we're going to take our time um, with uh, really kind of almost verse by verse in, in Psalm 23, is that we follow a really good shepherd for those who know Jesus and are saved by Jesus. We follow a truly good shepherd. For those who don't know him, you can follow a truly good shepherd. Uh, and he promises to lead us and guide us all of our days in every season, even in the difficult ones. And that's one of the beautiful things about what, what David writes and even what Jesus speaks to uh, about the stuff we go through. So I want to read Psalm 23.1 for you right now and then ask a, a, a question. And a lot of us, we know this by heart, whatever version we've memorized the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. When you hear that, especially the last part, I lack nothing, what do you think about that when you hear that? I mean, a lot of us will be like, love it, right? And we should, and we should. Love it. it sounds nice. Heard it my whole life. Not, not, not necessarily wrong, I just, I've heard that my whole life. Some people probably hear that and they say, well, I, I really don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know what that really means, that I lack nothing. I hear you, Scott, and I read that, but that doesn't match up with my life right now. Maybe some of you are like, I want that to be my line I want that to be my story. And, and then here's Jesus. And he comes on the scene, of course, and it's written about him by David. But then in, in John chapter 10, he comes on and he says, if you'll let me, I'll be that guy. I'll be your shepherd if you'll let me. I am the only good shepherd and I will be your shepherd. And here's the thing. Everybody has a shepherd. I mean, Bob Dylan's famous line from that, that song was, you're going to have to serve somebody. I'm not really a, a Dylan fan. I, I, I can't even uh, understand the words he uses. But, uh, but some of you might be, and you're probably great at talking to babies before they have language. But uh, it always sounded like mumbling and in pain to me. But, but he did have that famous line, you're going to serve somebody. You're going to have a shepherd. We were created by God to need a shepherd and follow a shepherd. It is what it is. You follow someone. I follow someone. It may be, maybe it's even you. Maybe you follow you. I did that for most of the first 35 years of my life. I followed Scott. I was my, well, I thought I was a good shepherd, but I was really a terrible shepherd. But I followed me. Maybe you follow a career. That's your shepherd. Maybe there's some kind of an addiction that you struggle with that you're just drawn to, that, that you idolize in some way. Maybe you follow her. She's your shepherd or that guy 
is your shepherd. Or you'd love that guy to be your shepherd. We are made to follow and we will follow. Someone is leading you in your life. Very often for followers of Jesus, we have like almost like roller coaster. Jesus is my shepherd and then that job is my shepherd. And then Jesus is my shepherd and then that, that struggle and my figuring it out so I become my own shepherd. And so we have these ups and downs in life that we face. And Jesus says, follow me. You'll lack nothing because you will go through dark valleys. Follow me and you'll lack nothing even in the dark valleys of life. And some of you, you're, like you're going through some dark valleys right now. There's some families here that even just this week, it's been the darkest valley you've, you've known for, for years now. And you're walking that through. For some of you, you got a medical report recently. It's a dark valley. For some of you, it's a relationship. It's a dark valley. For some, it's a job situation. It's a dark valley. And Jesus says, follow me. Because dark valleys are going to come, but follow me and you'll lack nothing. And David understood that. I mean, he understood dark valleys and enemies and challenging times. And so he writes this Psalm 23, and it's this amazing, mind-blowing psalm. Six verses that when you read it, you go, wow. I mean, like, wow. Because the Lord is my shepherd... I lack nothing. I have all I need. There's nothing more I want in life than what he gives me. My shepherd is that amazing. When Jesus is our shepherd, when he's my shepherd and your shepherd, we lack nothing of what we truly need in life. And then he does some things because he has that role in our life. He makes me lie down. He leads me. He guides me. He makes me do certain things and live certain ways. And for some, that is such a peaceful thought. And for others, it kind of ticks you off. Jesus don't make me do nothing. <laughs> Nobody tells this guy what to do. You see, our flesh can rear up and be like, oh, I want the shepherd to give me stuff. I don't want the shepherd to tell me nothing. Sorry. I mean, I'm not. Sorry. I say sorry for you, not for, like, apologizing. He's the shepherd. He gets to do what he wants. Yep. He created everything. He designed it his way. He's still got nail scars in his hands that show the depth and the length and the breadth of love that would go, he'd go to to save you and buy you back. He gets to decide what you do and what I do. If he makes me lie down in a green pasture for rest, it's because he knows that's what I need. I don't get to choose. I get to follow. A lot of people will say, well, why do I need some God to make me do things? I mean, isn't it all about love and me? <laughs> right? Shouldn't he just do what I want if he's all lovey-dovey? Well, love knows what's best. For those that love leads. And so him having us do certain things, he gives us all we need. We lack nothing. Sometimes we're, we need rest or 
we just need that guidance or, hey, you think that's a great path to walk down. I know what's at the end of it, he says, so you're going to follow me. I'm going to guide you out. He knows what's best. He's more capable than me and he's smarter than you. So sometimes he has to make us do things that are best for us. We get it, right? Bedtimes for our kids. What kid ever says, I think it's a great idea, Dad, that I go to bed at 8 o'clock. <laughs> right? Veggies. But Dad, gummy bears are green too. Right? How about, no, no you're not going over to that house. <gasps> you're not fair, Dad. What about, not that app, not ever, not while I live and breathe. Right? All of us that, that, whose kids have phones, we're dealing with app. The app is the enemy half the time. But everybody has that app. I, I don't care because I love you. And you'll have what I know you need. So as parents, we get that. We understand that. We understand the challenge of it. We understand how we're going to have to be gracious and lead them in that. We know what's best for our children. And we'll do anything to keep them on the path that they need to be on. Because we love them and they're in our care. Jesus does this perfectly and he died for us. So he gets to make those decisions. What's interesting about parenting, and I'm talking to myself, is that I understand all that and I can equate all that. I'm like, yeah, bedtimes and veggies and, and what they can and can't do and where they can and can't go. I get all that. And even if they don't like it. But then so often I show my kids the opposite by saying, what does Jesus think he's doing in my life right now? We teach them how to not follow a shepherd by walking in the flesh sometimes. My kids don't learn on their own. They learn mostly from me. They learn from my wife. They learn from the places where I put them. And so I've got to show them that I'm following the great shepherd. And when he makes me, dot, 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 I do it. I follow along. Right off the bat, when, when David's talking here in, in Psalm 23, he puts our place in God's heart in perspective. He says, I have a shepherd, and I have everything needed. I'm good. And then he says, he's the boss. He gets to tell me what to do and lead me where he wants to lead me. And then as we keep reading, we see what that means. And this is what we'll unpack in, in coming weeks. He restores. He comforts. Anybody here need comfort lately? Anybody? I know some of the stuff some of y'all are going through and you need comforting. He comforts. He makes a feast for you. You don't eat scraps with Jesus. And he's always with us. That's our shepherd. He wants to be your shepherd to, to lead you to provide for you so that your story can be, you know what, this is what I, I, I'm walking through in life. This is what's going on. But you know what? I like nothing. That's the story he wants you to be able to tell a world who believes that you have to earn, 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 do, 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 get, get, get. And then there's never enough. They're always lacking because they're not following the great shepherd. And you can say, this is what I don't have, but I lack nothing. That's my Savior. In John 10, verse 11, Jesus is, is talking and 
uh, and, and he says very, very pointedly, I'm the good shepherd. Like, I, I'm the one that, that David's writing about. I, I'm the guy there. He makes this bold claim, and he says that that's him. And, and so immediately as he says that, his disciples would have made the connection to Psalm 23. Those of us who follow Jesus, we understand that Psalm 23 is about him because we follow him and he is the good shepherd. We have the New Testament to, to unpack a, a little more for us. Back then they would have had to go, oh, David was talking about you. That's what they would have done. But we know him as this gentle but strong shepherd who leads us, who guides us in life if we follow him. We have to keep following him. So the only way to know him as the good shepherd and to lack nothing is to follow him and not hit and miss, you know, cry out one time and then, and then forget it. We have to know him this way by following him. Jesus was clearly saying here, David's talking about me. That's what this whole point is. And in verse 1, as he's, as he's talking in, in, in chapter 10 of John, he says, there are cheats and liars and thieves out there, fake shepherds, bad shepherds, false shepherds. They're sneaky, they're silver-tongued. Sometimes they're people, and sometimes they're situations or things that we pursue. Maybe it's pop culture. Maybe it's just loud mouths. Maybe it's hatred wrapped in tolerance meant to destroy your life and destroy everything that matters in your life. But in verse 3, he says, I'm not sneaky. I walk in and I announce I'm the good shepherd, that I'm here for the sheep. I'm not here for accolades. I'm here for them. They're my goal. I don't care about popularity. I care about salvation. That's what he's saying there. My sheep hear me. They recognize me. They come to me and then I lead them and they follow me. And those other shepherds that, that Jesus is talking about, I mean, it can be a, a hundred different things for you that are trying to get your attention. Maybe it is your way, your knowledge, trying to trump Jesus. Maybe it's other voices. Maybe it's, uh, you know, like I said, pop culture, which is real big these days, telling us what we should do, what we should think, and, and how you should act, because they say so whoever they are. Maybe it's a false gospel. Love is love, man. I mean, this month alone in our nation, I don't know if it's in the world, but we're going we're gonna to be inundated with, oh, love is love, man. Love is love. The truth is God is love. That's it. And the world tries to steal it and then put some fake picture on it and then tell us, oh, just buy into it because love is love. God is love, and he decides everything. Maybe the false gospel is be your best you. Do whatever it takes to be your best you. That would be another one of those five things you don't know about Scott, is that drives me nuts. I can't stand the be your best you mentality, because it's a lie. I'm supposed to be like Jesus. My best me really is looking like Jesus, imitator of God. And the Holy Spirit does that. In my life, one degree at a time, he turns me into the image of Jesus. I don't try to be my best me. That don't even make sense, number one. But the world will say, no, it's all about you and you doing you. You do you, bro. Nope. 
I'm, I'm following Jesus. I did me for 35 years. It got me in the toilet bowl. I'm telling you, it's not good. Maybe the false gospel is toe the line exactly like I say as a, as a follower of Jesus or you're a heretic. Here's the thing. The world is a false religion and even religion is a false religion. This tells me how to live. We're gospel-centered. We're Jesus-focused. We do community together to keep each other accountable. That's how we live a life following the Good Shepherd. To hear His voice, to follow Him, to walk in the way that He calls us to walk leads us to that place, that life, and that lifestyle that we're fully designed to exist in. Following Jesus brings us to a place of needing nothing but Him. I don't need anything but Jesus. And then when I find that I need nothing but Jesus because I'm just following Him, I get more than I could ever imagine getting. But it's not about living to get. It's about following Jesus and giving my life away. And then I can't help but overflow constantly. He longs to lead you, to walk with you, to give every good thing that he has planned to you. Only in Jesus can we say that every good thing is in my life, that that I have all that I need. Verse 8 of John 10, Jesus is talking and he he says, those thieves and robbers, they want to take you to this place where, where it leads to nothingness or or, or they take everything from you. Or they trick you to spend your whole life pursuing and going after something that at the end is nothing. It's just like, what did I waste my life for? That's the trick of the thieves and the robbers that Jesus is talking about. But in verse 10, we read this very famous passage from Jesus. And he says, he says, hey, it's, it's about me. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, I have come to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus came to give you an abundant life. Are you living an abundant life? I'm not talking about are you, living, are you, are you struggling with some things like sickness or, 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 or some, some certain struggles. I'm talking about an abundant life spiritually in Jesus. That's what he came to give you. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy Jesus wants to give you an abundant life in Him. In this series, in the next four weeks, we'll be looking at the promises of God for us. Again, to restore us, to comfort us, to to provide for us in the midst of challenging settings and circumstances and maybe even enemies. And not just provide for us, but, but set a table that's a feast for us. One of the great promises that God has always given us is I'll be with you. That's what we wrap it up with in five weeks, that he's always with us. That's actually Jesus' name, Emmanuel, what we celebrate at Christmas. We just spent seven weeks looking at the character traits of God and what that meant or what that means to us. And now we're going we're gonna to look at what following him as our shepherd does for us. I think Peter has one of the greatest perspectives of this. Number one... Like many of us, Peter was amazingly restored from a, a, a massive sin. I mean, he betrayed Jesus, he denied Christ, he walked away, and then Jesus restores him on the beach. But when he restores him, Peter is specifically restored to be a shepherd. 
So I think he has this shepherd understanding that, that probably most don't. He was actually commissioned face to face from the voice of Jesus himself on a beach. I mean, that'd be a, a pretty good calling there. And so he writes about, about what it means to, to shepherd and, and be shepherded. And he says this in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, he, in verses 3 through 11, he's giving us all that you need, this generous grace from God to walk out your life of faith in him. He's like, God's given you everything. And he does such a great job just in like nine verses, just like, just like showing it all, giving understanding from the positives to the, the warnings. And he says this in, in verse 3. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one, one who called himself, us to himself, by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. And that's a, that's a big two verses what he says there. He says, God took the first step to rescue us from this corrupt world. He, he stepped into our world and then he gives us everything we need to, to live this out. He gives us the power to live it out. He reveals truth to us. He, he makes great promises to us. And all for this reason... Peter says that, that we might partner with God and become just like Jesus. Reborn by the Holy Spirit. Given God's own DNA and nature. I mean, stop for a second there. Peter tells us you were given God's own nature. So, am I a, a sorry sinner? Am I a depraved wretch? Is God a sorry sinner? Well, obviously, Scott, he's not. Okay. Is God a depraved wretch, sinful man? Obviously not. Okay. Peter says, at salvation, I was given the nature of God. You too. I mean, that's big. I don't even know how some churches handle that passage, except maybe they just don't talk about it. But it... It's, it's mind-blowing to read it all. And then we're called to look and sound like Jesus and reflect his own life to the world around us. For, for those who are saved, we reflect the life of Christ and we bless them and minister to them and meet them where they are. For those that don't know Jesus, we take salvation because it's only by Jesus that one's saved. And we're never to be passive observers. Peter tells us, he says, the goal is this, that we, we learn to be a sheep in his care live fully alive, free, whole, and then reach others. That's the mission of God. Go ye into all the world. Preach and teach and disciple and baptize. In verse 5, Peter says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Because he's, he's, he's saying, hey, this is how you do it. You persevere, you walk it out, you live it out, you, you do life this way. And so make every effort and then in verse 9, he says, But those who fail to develop, because he's given some warnings, a good shepherd teaches his flock. Those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting 
that they've been cleansed from their own sins. He's saying these people are still searching for ways to be cleansed and forgiven, but it's already been done for them. They're searching for something that's already there, so they're never going to find it until they stop and say, oh, it's been there all along. I'm forgiven. I'm free. My eternity is set in Christ. No one can snatch me out of God's hands. These people can't say, I lack nothing, because they're constantly searching for what they already have. They're not following the shepherd in their lives in that moment. If you ever feel the need to earn forgiveness, take that thought captive and cast it in the pit of hell. That's a lie. You don't earn forgiveness. It was a gift given. The blood of Christ was enough. I don't have to figure out another way. Whenever I have this sense, because I walk through it too, oh man, I gotta, I gotta earn God's love back. I gotta, I gotta get back in his good graces. He died when I was outside of his graces and shaking my fist at him. He shed his blood for me. Do you not think that he loves you even when you're blowing it? So you can't earn forgiveness. It's only given by the blood of Christ and that's already been shed. He doesn't keep shedding it. If someone ever tells you, focus on being a sinner because we're all just, you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God or again, you're a depraved wretch. Hey, here's the thing. If somebody says that to you, stop listening to that person. Not stop loving them. Stop listening to them. Don't let them influence you because it's not Bible and it's not Jesus. It's man-made religion on this side of religion. So there's the world's religion, which is whatever. And then there's religion's religion, which is rule, rule, rule. I changed some things. Got to do, got to like make grace isn't very fun for religion's religion. Okay. This says you're forgiven. You're cleansed. You have a shepherd. Just follow him. That's what this says here. Let God comfort you in whatever circumstance you're in and abandon those false shepherds, whatever they may be, whoever they may be, whatever circumstance they may be that, is draw, that have drawn you away. Abandon those, find the good shepherd and follow him. Yep. Just follow him. I mean, that's why I love church community. I've loved church my whole life. Even when I had struggled with being a Christian, something about church community meant something to me because, because it was like, hey, we're called to do this together. This is what a family does. And family helps family. They help them to do things better or to see things from a different perspective or, or to, to cover them up when, they, when they're blowing it. It's a beautiful thing about church life. So find the good shepherd, follow the good shepherd, and then realize this. You're not the only sheep in the field. You've got others with you. That's good. You need them and they need you. That's why we're called to be all the different parts of one body. Okay, we're a family that walks as a body. Now, if you have struggled with listening to other voices or following other shepherds or, or, or feeling like, man, I got to earn, 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 whatever it is, and you're sitting here, no shame on you. Okay, there's no shame that, that that's been made evident to you today. Jesus delights in saving us. He is the rescuer after all. I mean, go back and listen to last week with, when Pastor Mark and I preached. He's the rescuer, and it's about the rescue, right, Mark? It's about the rescue. He loves rescuing you. He loves rescuing me. He's not like, oh, Scott, again? He does not do that. I do that about my kids. Sorry, bro. 
Jesus never goes, oh, Eve, never. And you're his favorite. You're his favorite. Scott, how can you say that? There's billions of us. I can say it. You're his favorite. This says it. He proves it. And for those of you that have more than one kid, you can understand. Even in our imperfection as parents, I'm like, every time another kid came along in our life, I was like, that's my favorite. But so is he and her and him and him and him. And, you know, they're all my favorites. And I can say it with absolute honesty and truth. You're my favorite. Well, what about my brother? Yep. Yep. You're his favorite and he loves rescuing you. And he's well aware that that leaving the 99 others to come and get Scott out of that mud pit is what he signed up for in essence. Not really, Jesus doesn't sign up for nothing. He creates everything. But he knows as a shepherd, I go and rescue Scott from the mud pit or I, I go and, and, I, and I rescue you from, from that place where you don't see that wolf coming and about to bite you. I'm going to rescue you from that. That's, that's what a good shepherd does. He, he's like, y'all are safe, you 99. I got to go get my lovely knucklehead over here and bring him back because I just love that one. He's okay with that. It's what a good shepherd does. Now, he saved me from religion, from deception. He saved me from the false shepherds that I put in my life. I was fully to blame and totally responsible, and I could have cared less. Yet Jesus, he said, I love that one. I love Scott. I'm going to go and save him from himself. He had to save me from myself. And he did. Because he loves me. Because he went to the cross for me. Because he wanted to buy me back. Because he wanted an eternity with me. He has enough of what it takes. And he's always enough. I want to read something again to you. As we go into a time of worshiping the Lord. Just listen. Maybe just close your eyes. And then we'll have one more verse in Peter after that. But the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Jesus makes me lie down in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Jesus renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Jesus is close beside me. His rod and his staff protect me and they comfort me. Jesus, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. That's the Holy Spirit empowering you. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. I'm going to read one verse that Peter says and, and then we're going to worship the Lord. Peter goes on and in that second Peter chapter one, verse 10, he says, he says this to challenge us as followers of the great shepherd. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Do these things. Do this thing. Follow the good shepherd. Lie down when he says lie down. 
worship Him in the midst of whatever you're walking through. Look to Him and Him alone. Listen to the voices of those who love Jesus and are in your life. That's how you follow a good shepherd along with the other sheep in your life. And maybe you're here today and, and you've, never, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. He's not your good shepherd. I'm here to tell you, he wants to be your good shepherd. And he says, if you'll let me, I'll give you everything. And I'll let nothing happen to you. And I'll guide you and lead you and comfort you and restore you and prepare a feast for you. I'll take care of you and I'm always going to be with you. If you've never made that decision or maybe you're, you're watching online or you're listening on the radio, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. He says it very plainly in John 10. He walks it through and he says, I gave my life for you. I laid it down willingly. It was always the plan and you were totally worth it. And I died and it was enough. My sacrifice was absolutely enough for you to have salvation and eternity with me in heaven. And all you have to do is say, I want that Accept me, Christ, I accept you. And then you're his, he's your shepherd. And maybe you're here today and you're just like, I need comfort. I need, I need to know my shepherd is just there for me. Man, during these songs of worship, I encourage you to come up here and just let loose. Come up to the altar. Just let him love on you. Just unpack anything. Just let it go. Some of you are carrying such heavy burdens right now. Just let them go. Let them go. Lay them down at the foot of the cross at the altar. Jesus, I thank you for being enough. We don't have to find anything because you found us. Jesus, you're enough. You're enough. Help us to know you're enough and follow you and keep our eyes set on you and worship you wholeheartedly. And if anybody here has never made a decision to follow you, I pray that they would cry out to you and be saved right now because all who call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let them know the shepherd and follow the shepherd all the days of their lives. And now let us worship you in spirit and truth with all of our hearts and just letting go of all that stuff maybe we're just holding on too tight or just letting go of our praise and giving you the honor and glory that's due your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit our media page on hcfburnett.org and follow us on social media. God bless and have a great week.